Hello and welcome to Assertive Radiance. I am your host, Nadia Fleury, and today's episode, Why Negativity Exists. In this episode today, I am going to talk about why negativity or pain exists. It has been purposely that most of the episode were focusing on the good things or the positive side of things. In all fairness to the universe and our creation, negativity is just as important as positivity. If you take, let's say, a battery, you will have the plus sign and the negative sign, and they both needed to create the energy that a battery releases. What I mean by the energy, somehow when we are confronted in towards a negative event or we have to deal with pain, it forces us into action. If we were never in pain or if we never had any negative issues, we would not need to do anything in our life. We'd be born and laid down and, and we'd do nothing. For example, let's just take the most common one. In the morning, there will be a time where I will need to go to the restroom. And if I don't go to the restroom, eventually my body's going to tell me that it's becoming painful and more painful. It's the same with uh, being hungry. I mean, you can skip a few meals, but there will be a time where you're your body is going to tell you you're hungry and is creating pain. And in some ways, it's the reason why it keeps us alive. We, we have these either pleasure or pain point so that we keep on going. So negativity in a small dose becomes a stimulant of some kind. It, it propels us to do something. It makes us go into action. Negativity in big dose becomes toxic. I'm addressing this topic today because I believe that there is a relationship between the main cause of death in North America and our state of mind, especially when we think negatively about life. I cannot explain why some people will choose to be negative and others will choose to be positive. I think a lot of it boils down to how we have been raised and how much awareness we have in our action. Sometimes you may be doing this because you saw your parents doing it all their life, and you assume that that is normal. In my early 20s, I was going out with a guy, and he was so jealous that in the end, it became unbearable for me to be in that relationship. It was becoming too toxic. During the relationship, there was always be the fight, and then the forgiveness, and then and then we made up again. So there was always that constant up and down. It wasn't pleasant for me because I had to be a, some kind of persona that he had decided I should be for him to satisfy his mood. There was a thing he would used to say, says, well, in a relationship, we always have to compromise. That was his take. I could never get what I wanted hundred percent that everything had to be negotiated and discussed and in some ways I found it really weird because in my opinion my happiness depended on me not on him but for him I had to actually ask permission and get an approval on my own happiness what made me wake up is one day this this voice that came in my head and said 
Will you spend the rest of your life arguing like your mom and dad did? Is that the kind of life you want? You're 20. There's a lot of this life to go. Will you live a relationship from this point on to, to the rest of your life where your happiness depends on someone's deciding for you if you should have or you shouldn't have this particular thing or aspiration. This was a turning point for me and it set me into forward motion to never accept this kind of conversation. So I left him promising myself that I would never be in a relationship with someone who is jealous. Drama in your life is an indication that something is not right. So when you act and something goes like it just keeps on being worse for you, ask yourself, what are you attracting? And what are you saying to do these things? Like, do you spend more time being jealous of others? Or do you spend more time being in fear, worrying about things, or being just simply angry at whatever is happening to you? I know the other side of being able to shift from drama life to a happy life is tapping into that place of love. Love is one of the strongest positive emotion. And when you add to this faith and gratefulness, these three things together are very powerful. They won't make the negativity disappear, but it will help you feel more fulfilled. It makes it easier for you to cope while you're surrounded by negativity. You cannot change the other person, but in changing you, it will change your environment or how you perceive it. And being grateful. It has such power in being grateful because in that state of mind, you cannot be unfulfilled because you're grateful. You appreciate the little things, even if you would just say, well, at least I have a roof over my head or at least I have a place to sleep. And these things are so important for your well-being. But if you spend your time envying someone else or being in fear of what you might lose or being angry for something that somebody did to you, all these thoughts and negative emotion will trigger chemicals in your body like cortisol. And over time, you become addicted to those chemicals. I strongly believe that there is a correlation between the amount of drama that there is in people's life and the main leading cause of death, which is heart disease, cancer, respiratory disease, car accident, and stroke. I do believe that some car accidents are caused because of your state of mind. Going back to people who create drama in their life, learning to cope with them is challenging. Oftentimes we love them, except if they did not just talk like this or said these things. Like for me, I noticed like maybe five years ago that I actually married my mother. I did not know any better. I did not know any different. Whatever I did was seemed to always have a 1% that was wrong. And instead of addressing the, the 99% that was right, I was always constantly reminded 
that the 1% that I did is wrong. And I thought it was me. And I really spent years and years of trying to, to be perfect. And well, let's face it, this is not a perfect world. Life would be very boring if we would be perfect. We would not have to improve. We would just like, just going back, like I said earlier, just being laid down and do nothing. When we're not perfect, we seek to improve. We, seek, we always want to look for the better version of ourselves. However, it's okay to me if I want to look at the better for me and if I want to improve in certain area. Where I have a problem is when it's somebody else's agenda to trying to make me be who I should be to their eyes. I don't think that's cool. However, I did not see this up to when I was about 45 years old. 45 years of living, constantly trying to be perfect. You know, when, you, when your close ones are berating you, when your close ones uh, say unkind words, it doesn't help. Like you will go to work in the morning and you feel already like crap or... You're trying to perform at work. It's the same thing also if you were having a boss. If you're working in an environment and your boss or the or your manager focuses on what you do wrong, it's sad because it demoralizes you. The trouble is that the people who are doing the drama become addicted to that kind of chemical that gets injected in them. So they keep repeating it over and over. This means that it gets from bad to worse. So the one who's doing the drama, the one who's causing this negativity in your life, will keep on doing more and more of it. What shifted with me is the awareness. And this is the reason why I'm bringing this up. I find it very interesting. And it's only because I'm taking the time to, to go into memory of all these things that happen that... At the time, I did not even put a relationship between the negativity of my husband and my past experience with my ex-boyfriend who was jealous because at the time I said, I don't want to go out with someone who's jealous. You see, my husband was not jealous, but he was negative. And that part was the repeating from my mom to my ex to my husband. It was the same thing. I had to be perfect to their eyes and they would criticize any time I did something that, that was wrong to their eyes. I realized that the only one person who can do something about it is you. So that means, like in my case, when I did not agree with my ex-husband's behavior and what he said about me, instead of arguing back and telling him, no, you're wrong, which then I'm not any better because then I'm the one who's in the negative mode, picking up his negative energy. So I realized, what if instead I let it be? Like he would say, Nadia, you're wrong doing this. And I'd say, okay. And it was interesting, the dynamic, because suddenly there were no back and forth discussion. The truth, though, is that even though I said, okay, it's not a pleasant place for me. It adds unnecessary stress, anxiety, sadness, hurt, and in some ways it leads to feeling unfulfilled. Now, how do we address this 
it is very challenging when the drama comes from someone we love very much. That it's either our parents, our children, our sibling. You know, we are taught to love unconditionally, especially when the person is uh, someone older than us. We're not supposed to respond back. And they have an amazing way sometimes to make us feel guilty, make us feel ashamed. And we take this for years and years until we wake up. The thing is, we trust them. I mean, I remember when my ex-husband, I mean, how much more trusting can you be than sleeping next to each other? I found that sleeping with someone, like being in the same room, is the most vulnerable place you can be. And if that person have this drama issues, you can never really truly sleep well. You can never really rest. It's not so much about the words, it's about the energy. And I remember the last few months before uh, I moved, it was so challenging to be in the same house, never mind being in the same room. And I mean either kitchen, living room. And the best I could do was to, I had a made my office in the bedroom, an empty bedroom, and I closed the door and I could feel that, that energy across from the door. As far as he was concerned, it was an insult that I was closing the door. There were times that I would go in my own bedroom and I would lock the door and he would unlock it and come in wondering why I locked the door. And I'd say, I want privacy. I want to be left alone. And it was this constant, I don't want you to do this to me because I want to see what you're doing. And I'm like, look, I need some space. So what was happening is as, as I was changing and really becoming into this loving being, I was no longer matching is energy and I was no longer playing his game because you see as long as I let him affect me and as long as I argue back and as long as I play that same dynamic he's okay because he's entertained and his body is getting fed with this addiction but one day when I said that's enough so when the argument would come when the blame would come I would say thank you for sharing Oh, that was not cool. He did not like to hear that because there was nothing he could say. And it all boils down to the tone also because I didn't say it in a sarcastic way. I would say just thank you for sharing. And he could not add to that. So it is very challenging. And to me, eventually, I had to say no more. I had to literally leave and, and be free of that because it was so heavy on my heart that I could not function. I know it is a sad situation and I'm bringing it up because it's a reality. I mean, I'm seeing it more and more and I cannot help it but addressing that this is happening, it's a reality. And the secret to live a more fulfilled life is to let go of what feels heavy on your heart. And if what feels heavy is someone making you feel ashamed or guilty, there come a time where you have to say no more for your own sake. I don't really know what drives people to be so negative. Sometimes it's about 
jealousy. Sometimes it's about revenge. Sometimes it's about not wanting you to succeed because then they feel like, well, if you climb up, they will be left out. Speaking from experience, this is not a good way to live. If you want to live a more fulfilled life, you've got to be willing to stand your own ground. And that means, like I said earlier, to let go of what feels heavy on your heart, including your loved one that doesn't seem to love you unconditionally. It is the most challenging thing to say no more to our family. It is the most challenging thing to say no more to our, even our children because we love them unconditionally. It is very challenging to leave a spouse, especially when the spouse is the big earner in the relationship and, and you depend on the income to live. What do you do when that's the case? I would say that for me, I was in this situation of being patient for over 10 years. It took me 10 years to get the courage to say no more and then do something about it. I had nothing figured out. I had, I had no plan. I left because it was worse being where I was than facing the fear of my unknown future. And that's oftentimes what makes us leave. is like it becomes so painful that it's no longer acceptable. I'm sharing this because it's important, because if you're in that position, if you're in that place and you wonder, like you kind of say, well, I want a divorce, but I'm waiting for a sign. Well, right there, when you think that, you already get the sign. You already know in your heart. You're justifying why you cannot divorce because you feel stuck in some ways. And oftentimes, the finance is the problem. And I'm not just saying that men are bad and women are good. Sometimes there are women who are not very kind to their husband. Why we stay and accept this and be patient with this is because our mind is more concerned about what we're going to lose over what we're going to gain. So in my case, for many years, I thought, oh my God, if I leave, I'm going to lose that security that I have a roof over my head. The drawback, though, for not responding sooner, I was getting sicker. I was becoming mentally exhausted and my mind could not focus on the business. If this is you and you're wondering what can you do about it, the thing is to first forgive yourself for being in that situation because it's not your fault. Things happen. As I said earlier, the negative people are in out for something. They are there to teach us something. And the big gift in all that is to learn from this rather than putting that blame on you forgive yourself now that you know better what can you do to improve your life and feel more fulfilled you may have to think maybe a year in advance of what how you're gonna make the next move but the first thing that will really help you is to stop the drama from coming at you Whatever that person is doing to you, return that message back to sender and say no more. The best way to do this is simply by saying thank you, but no thank you. It takes time. It won't happen overnight. The key is to know that there is hope and there's a way 
to live a fulfilled life. The only person that can make that change happen is you. You've got to be brave and assert yourself. You've got to be willing to see to yourself and to your needs. And you've got to be willing to say no more. I hope this episode helps you out. And I want to thank you so much for listening. If you feel this information could help a friend, please share it. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out at ask at nadiafleury.com.